Hey everyone, welcome to The Wrap. It's me with random awesome people. In today's episode, I talked to a good friend of mine. He's a DJ, real OG guy, cultural marketing expert, and all-around good guy, Lim Kok Kian, aka DJ Bunga. So we sat down, talked about his career, which started as a sound engineer, then you know he was with a few record labels, then to his cultural marketing role with Red Bull. We covered almost about two hours, but I think I'm gonna split this to two parts so we can get this out before Urbanscapes. Um, this huge event that he does with the Urbanscapes founder, he's also a good friend of mine. We'll leave the part out about shoes and food for another time, or I might do a new session with him just about shoes and food. Just an extra note, if you like this, or you hate it, or whatever it is, just let me know in the comments, hit me up on DMs, I'll link up the social media links on the descriptions and the podcast page. Anyway, here we go. aka Bunga on my show hi thanks for hiring me no problem because you know I called in a couple of favors and you know you showed up and I said there'll be dinner but I can't because I'm gonna go home later all right so next <laughs> ah you're teaching me now okay <laughs> right okay cool so um we've got a whole bunch of people we're talking on text about a whole bunch of stuff they want to talk about but I think let's just sort of roll through it right we don't have mm-hmm. the agenda for it so Bunga is a guy that in my point of view does everything there's nothing that he can't do or has not done before. Uh, well, there's, there's stuff that I have not done or and can't do. I can't do finance. That's for that's for. Oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's okay. <laughs> you have accountants for that. Yeah. So, what do you what do you tell me a bit about yourself, man? Uh, well, Bunga is just a nickname. It's my DJ nickname. All right. And it's sort of stuck. As, uh, why as why Bunga? Besides the fact that you like that. What's that? Well, basically... Murakami flowers. No, no, it's not. It's not even from that. It, it predates all that. So basically, back in back in two thousand and three, um, just a bunch of friends get together, uh, just to you know throw a party, do a night. Mm. Uh, just because we don't have anywhere to go. Where's this party? Uh, is the is this group called Twilight Action Girl? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, back in back in that back at that time, there was nowhere that plays the kind of music that we uh, we and our friends like to listen to. This is this so is what year? Two thousand and three. Indie rock, you know, just basically things that are not the, not your not your regular top forty. Okay. Uh, not hip hop. Although I like I, I love hip hop, but not the kind of uh, hip hop, uh, that that gets played at the, and the clubs and those those days. So we just decided, yeah. So we just decided like, hey, let's, let's just uh a party and see if any of our friends show up then fortunately they, they show up where, where was the party where was the first one Asian girl it was in this uh, random Irish bar okay called Bar Amber in Hatamas three Hatamas so basically yeah I'm old enough to know that one shit yeah so there was uh, uh, when when we found the place it was really quiet there was not much people uh, not much business and also then we just spoke to the owner and said uh, let us do a party here you don't have to pay us or anything yeah you know, uh, and then let's see how it goes. So basically, uh, between the four, of, between the the f- three of us, originally there was only three of us. Uh, between the three of us, we pull out uh, and co- our contact books and call everybody. So, know. so three DJs spinning. Yeah, it was just three of us uh, at the beginning. Uh, Together later on, later or, on, or one set each. Yeah, yeah everybody played uh, their own set, and then we played back to back as well. So there was me. Uh, and then there's a uh, this uh, there's a journalist Daryl Go from the star 
And there's Kelvin Oon, who's a photographer, writer. Right. Um, and that basically we known each other for like a years, maybe like cl- well, close to maybe ten years at the, by that point. Mm-hmm. And we just saw like you know the guys who love music, but we're not really we're not even DJs to per se. We don't really call ourselves DJs because we don't we can't mix man back in the day. Just it's just it's like start stop DJ, you know, one song after another. It's like a playlist DJ. Right. You know I mean? It's Spotify before Spotify was. Yeah, Spotify. it's Spotify before Spotify, and you know, and and during that time, there was like really pre-internet as well. <laughs> there was no, there was no Instagram, there was no, there was no Facebook, nothing. So basically, it was like, we get a friend, we got a friend to design a flyer, black and white flyer. A four uh, paper printed out black and white. Yeah, use our office supplies <laughs> to photo stats. Uh, still. Yeah, basically, and, and, and basically, you know, hand it out in like, you know, put it up in music shops, Starbucks. Nice. Uh, yeah, places that, uh, you know, uh, indie record stores and all that. And of course, we call up every single person, you know. And then, and because I was involved in music, I work in a, I work in a record label. And Daryl pretty much know everyone in the local music scene because he's a music journalist. And Kelvin knows quite a few people as well. So you had the network already. Yeah, we sort of like had the network already, you know. We know the cool kids, we know the... We know the weird kids, the weird people, the outcasts, and who are now cool. Yeah, <laughs> who are now in the eyes of, I guess. Yeah, I guess, but back in back back in those days, it's basically like you know those people who, who doesn't really fit in, you know. Yeah. You know, you, you we've got like the, our, our first after after our first party, we have like straight people, gay people, activists, blue collar workers, you know, punk rockers. So it's like a mishmash of like really really random. All, all brought together by the love of different music. Yeah, it's, so it's all brought together by the love of music. 2003. 2003. So it become like a meeting point for chaos, creative, slash cultural, slash music, slash arts scene. So how often then do you guys get together and through the, well, show and this for the, the action girl thing? In the beginning, it was just like uh, maybe uh, once a month. Yep. And then th- and then the response was so good that the owner of the bar actually like start, started pay- paying us not a lot of money, just started paying us and asked us to do it uh, twice a week. So equipment-wise? Twice a week. Equi- yeah. Equipment-wise, who who brought all the gear? They, the, the, the bar had the gear. Oh, okay. They, the, the bar, bar had, had to rent the gear. Right. But at one point, at one of the gigs, the bar actually fucked, fucked up the rider. They forgot They forgot to like hire the, the gear. So we, we had to DJ. This is, this is absolutely true. It's the legendary gig where we had to DJ with a VCD player. <laughs> yeah. What the... F- I literally, yeah, I literally have to play a song from a because the VCD player also play audio CDs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had like a CDJ. Two, two players. We had like a proper CDJ, uh, uh, mix a, a CDJ player, yep. which actually is what DJ use, and then we next to it we had a VCD player. Right. <laughs> so you needed two. You needed and and two the sound CDs is, to play. Yeah, and and the, the so spe- no monitors, basically the speakers. Yeah, the, and the speakers were from like a, you know your typical uh, stereo sound system, uh, the home stereo. Uh-huh. Mini compo kind of a Logitech Z100. <laughs> Not even man, dude. It's like some Sanyo mini really? compo speakers. Hey, Sanyo, pretty but pretty good back then. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean it's those funny things. You know, back in looking back now, it's ridiculous, but it was like you know it was pretty funny. But but they were hungry for something different, so you could go out there and freaking play yeah. it off your iPod, and everyone would eat it up anyway. Provided provided that you have good curation of music. Yeah, I think I think it's the vibe that we bring to the party and the people. The people is. The music is one thing, uh, one of the ingredients. The the place as well is it's just a very, 
I won't say it's a rundown, but it's a grungy, you know, Irish bar. It's, there's no, it's not glamorous. There's no VIP section, and you know, till this day, we refuse to do VIP sections for even yeah, for, even enough. for my own nights. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, fuck it. Everyone who comes in, they are equal. So from know? from that from 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 Amber Bar Amber. Yeah, from Bar Amber, and then it was one of our regulars, uh, uh, actually got a job in Zook. The, the the about to be open Zook. The the n- old Zook. The old Zook, yeah, back yeah, yeah. So Zook Zook opened in two thousand and four. So we played in uh, Bar Amber for about nine months, and unfortunately after that the the place shut down. So for by no fault you guys. No, not, <laughs> no, not our fault. We not were. Fault. I I like to think that we were the ones that, uh, that yeah, because you left. Them. You left to go to Zook and they shut down. Like, oh, no, no, shit. no. They shut down first before oh, okay, we went to Zook. Okay. They shut down and then we were we were just like you know bumming around for three months. Yeah. Kind of kind of bum out. Um, you know, having no nowhere to play, and one of our regulars, she got a job working in marketing. So wait, wait, Joe. Before we go back there, I think I think two thousand three thousand four. Everyone, all all you kids, I guess when we say kids, people who are younger than us, don't understand the difficulty of actually finding a spot to like go there and enjoy music. Right? It was it was super limited. It's not as Pumping venue, assist now. Venue wise, I think it's it's always difficult for, especially if you're playing something yeah. that's not commercial. But you just have to go out and like be resource, be resourceful, You know, I mean, even now, even now, you know, there's a lot of parties going on that is actually happening in random off locations. Yeah, that, that's you know? the that's the that's the hook, right? Yeah, that's the hook. I mean, I I I know I know a bunch of these these kids. They're like half my age, college kids. They are just throwing like. Random parties in uh, rented bungalows, uh, houses, or in the lodge in the jungle somewhere. Yeah, nice. And and these parties are all very, uh, how is it? Very uh, so called not to say exclusive, but they just it just gets around around the, themselves. And the only way I even know about it is because one of our interns goes to that party. Right, and they get they get li- they get looked up on social media, right? So yeah, pretty much, yeah, you don't need. To Print flyers anymore. You just have to tag everyone and you know, do everything on social media. Yeah, you can do your own f- uh, close private Facebook group and that's yeah. it. Yeah. So right. yeah, but so Zook, yeah, so, so two thousand four. So yeah, they had they 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 were they were opening in KL, um, and they had this uh, space that they d- didn't know what to do with. Which is yeah. the upstairs one. Yeah, yeah, it's upstairs from uh, the wine bar. It's called the loft. So they were wondering like, okay, what? What to do with it? They already got the main rooms all filled up with uh, mm-hmm. uh, residents and all that. Then they got Velvet Underground, and they said, like, "Okay, what are we gonna do with these guys?" So, uh, our friend who works at the our regular who yeah. works at the marketing managed to convince his boss to just give us a a try. Like, okay, uh, put these guys on. These guys are good. They can. They will. They will be able to bring a crowd. Don't worry about it. Yeah, where you where you got to lose, right? Yeah, we got to like, and, and it's got like, okay, give these guys a a try. Know, and then see how it goes. All right. So when what was the inaugural f- date that you guys opened for Zook? I don't remember, but it was in two thousand two thousand. I think it was officially Twilight Action Girl began in two thousand three, but I think Zook was in two thousand four, and uh, originally there was three of us. And then at uh, during one of the parties, I think Daryl had to like go over a Malacca or something. Right. So we roped in one of our friends, supporter, ex regular. His name is uh, I think everyone. Uh, Pretty much know him is the world famous DJ Su, right. from uh, also Laps Up, right. yeah. So the guy the longer hair, yeah. The guy the long, yeah, you guys the, need to, yeah, to the, the hipster, differentiate them. The, the the word hipster before the word hipster exactly. was invented. 
hipster. He looks like a hipster vegan dude who. Eats no, he's not vegan. Food. I know, but I'm just saying. He's not. He loves. He loves. He loves. He loves bakute, man. Well, yeah, yeah. Who, I mean, who doesn't? But then he looks like a hipster vegan dude who's yeah, like, so, you know, going so to Coachella. So it was four of us. So it was four of us. Um, and so yeah. do, you, do all four of you show up on the on on that night to spin, or do you rotate, or? Yeah, know? all of us play. Uh, we we do our own sets, and then after that, we do back back to back. And then, and who gets the set for prime time? We rotate lah. Everyone, everyone gets a fair crack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone gets a fair crack lah. Although sometimes some people, some guys will like, hey, I want to play a couple of songs here. I'm like, no, right. <laughs> don't mess with my flow. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, we played the first night and then we stayed on for the next thirteen years <laughs> <laughs> until they move Zook. What did, or did you stop before they moved to the new Zook? Uh, we, we, we followed them to the new Zook, but then after that, we just decided to quit. Yeah. It was only for a while, but... but What's the reason for you guys stopping? It, it just wasn't fun anymore. The Zook? No, it was uh, yeah, just, the, just, just, just us. Doing it. Yeah, just the four of us. I think we've been together like... Oh, fuck, man. I was in Twilight and Shaker longer than I was in most of my relationships. Uh, okay. 13 years, my friend. <laughs> so, And every... Every Friday night mm-hmm. for 13 years, we were, save for the few uh, off nights, maybe sometimes when you go on vacation or where there's a, something you know, that you have to do. Yeah. But we were, we were there like almost every Friday night for 13 years. Yeah, so I think, yeah, if there's one thing that I think we can be proud of is I, think, I guess we showed, I think we showed people that you don't really have to be a technically great DJ. Yeah. It, it's more about the music, the vibe that you create. Yeah. You know, it's not about how great you are with your uh, skills. Although, you know, knowing... Other basic fundamental DJ... Yeah, doing, knowing, doing the, all those things needed. helps as well. Yeah, you know, <coughs> but not, not time drive. <coughs> okay. No, but, you know, but the, the thing is that you just got to go out and do it, you know. Yeah. I, think, I think we... we I was, yeah, we kind of inspire quite a lot of people to kind of like, you know, go out and do their own thing. Right. You know, it's like so or rather a bunch of hate that like, it's like, what these motherfuckers who doesn't know how to do jack shit, <laughs> they can get such a big following and you know, and kill it every Friday night. Why can't we? So I mean yeah. see how both hate, two hate ways is a good motivation. motivation. Yeah. yeah. Two ways to see it, like, right? Some people are inspired, some people are hating, you know. Yeah, we got we got quite a lot of hate sometimes as well in the beginning. Just because we are not your traditional uh club DJs, of, of party, a DJ, party, yeah, that kind yeah. of stuff. We are yeah. not a, we are not your definition of a club DJ, but you know, but every Friday night is like a more like a a, a, a concert <laughs> with people singing along, stitch diving off the decks. You know, which which was frowned upon by the management, but we didn't care anyway. Uh-huh. And now yeah. you also got your series of yeah now spinning. I, I mean, uh, sessions that you do. Yeah, so basically, after Twilight Action Girl ended, um, I I kind of like uh, started another group with a uh, with a couple of guys who used to come to Twilight Action Girl. They had yeah. their own thing going on called Dear Society. Right. So they were like... As D-E-E-R. D-E-E-R, like as in Dear, Dear, Dear Hunter. Yeah. So they, they had their own thing going on as well. Um, and yeah, and, and that, that, they, that group sort of broke up too around the same time. So I banded out. I joined the other. I banded out like so-called with like the second generation of, yeah. of the in, so-called indie DJs, the three of us. And then we started another night called Indigo. And that ran for about two years, from 2014 to 2016. And after that, we, then after that, that also that group also broke up, and splintered off. And I and then I started a new night with another uh, one, with one of the members, 
uh, Faris yep. uh, f- from Danger Disco as well. Okay. So, but before that, I was I took a break from DJing for maybe. I'm saying yes, okay, as if I know all these people, but then yeah, again, but you, you have know. no idea. So it's I right. know vaguely who's yeah. who, <laughs> but go but and look it up. Yeah, yeah. Go, go look it up. But I, so anyway, after that, it was with Faris, uh, who used to go to track. You know, back in the day when he had a mullet, <laughs> when he had a mullet and was still like a takes a brave man to yeah, rock a mullet. Yeah, so he had a mullet. It was from a Subang kid from mullet. Uh-huh. You know. Probably, <laughs> probably listening to dodgy music, but you know, but he he got inspired by us and started DJing as well, and things sort of like come full circle, right? But but that's that's the that's the thing, right? You want people to be inspired by it. I mean, there's, it's not as if that there isn't enough gigs out there for you to do. Everyone has different interpretation of music, and you DJ and want to see people going out and putting yeah. the music out there. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is that you know, if you if you not if you if you're having a good time. And yeah, who cares, man? Who's having a good yeah, time? You're having a good time. If you're having a good time and you and you 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 share that, I think people can feel it. So I started. Then I took a break from DJing after Indigo broke up for about maybe more than half a year. So just like really tired, you know, like going out, the playing gigs once or twice every week, sometimes three times a week. Yeah. You know, after so many years, it's it's kind of like I kind of like, I kind of lost the lost the. Quick, quick segue. Does DJing pay well if for all the kids who want to do that? If you want to earn a living, nah, probably not here. <laughs> you know, if you if you want to if you want to really, you know, go down that road, mm-hmm. you need to be a producer as well. Right, you, so need, you need to, to own uh, the content. Yeah, you need to market produce your market your own content, do your own remixes. You know, that's the only way to really get ahead. Uh, just because in Malaysia, DJs are just still seen as background. Yep. You know, not as in like the crowd. You're not like an artist. You get what I mean? So But and it didn't help for the past couple of years. I mean we had a good spurt of international DJs coming across for doing all these shows, right? Then a couple of issues happened. I mean even even from like the nineties, international DJs are already making stops over here. But yeah, because of a series of unfortunate outdoor events, uh yeah, that that's all like uh kill the thing. That's kinda shitty. Yeah, so everything has, but everything has to go back to being in the clubs and being small again, mm-hmm. which is I think is also good because even overseas, also a lot of uh, mega clubs and big clubs are dying, and people are just going back to smaller parties. So back to the uh, back to the, the roots, the, the roots. Yeah. yeah, the roots of clubbing and uh, which is about being, you know, going to a club night and being, and feel like that you're part of something. Yeah. Rather than you know go to a club and you're like oh there's all this this uh, this is all the high rollers here. These are the, all the normal common folk here. Or going to uh, a huge outdoor uh, event. Yeah, exactly. So, <coughs> yeah, so it's a different vibe. But I mean, you know, different, you know, everybody's got their own thing, you know. You know, more power to those folks who wants to go and party and like spend 30, 30 grand on a champagne train. But, right. you know, but that was not what we were about. So we were, we were more about... You know, we're 90 ringgit Long Island tea get smashed and... Yeah, now, not, not 90 ringgit anymore. No, no. Now it's, uh, not so cheap anymore, bro. Balls, man. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but the, the whole thing is... um The whole thing about our our thing is always... It's not about ego. Yeah. You know, it's not about showing off. It's, it's about you going to a club, you're going to a place, meeting like-minded people, no matter how they look or dress or whatever, and just having a good time, dancing, yeah. you know, drinking, talking. And, you know, and the, the thing is that it's just amazing over the years so many people we've met they either met at tech or, or at any number one of our nights you know uh, they became business partners some right. of them got married have kids and don't come out anymore but we still see them I know three uh, friends who are dead set tech 
girls. Ah, really? I think you know them or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think I do. Yeah. I think I do. Yeah. So, but, but basically, that was the uh, so-called influence that we had. I think. But uh, now, now you're also DJing, right? Yeah. Now I'm still with uh, Faris. Uh, we we only do once a month nowadays. Uh, we we call bad habits. So, uh, follow us on Instagram at bad habits KL. Uh, to get update or or look us up on Facebook. So that bad habits is more like um me. The name also came from like me and you know Faris. Not being able to give up our bad habit of, yeah. of you know of going out and party once a month is enough. Now. Once a month is enough. You it's need another twenty nine days to rest your legs and yeah, and exactly. And also, I think I guess also we don't want to like we sort of like don't want to like you know oversupply. Yeah, <laughs> keep the thing. Well, plus, you have a full time job. Yeah, plus I have a full time job. Yeah, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, yeah, but because it's not just all about DJing people. It's also he's a career man. So, but but basically, you know, like like that that comes back to the question of. Can you make a living being a DJ? So I don't want, I don't want it to be a a pressure thing where you actually we have to like you know. So you gig for money, you keep to, you start you have to keep doing gigs to get money and yeah to, exactly to survive on it and to survive on it and then you have to start then it starts becoming a passion and yeah and you have to start you know doing stuff that you have to start playing music that you might not be what you really want to play right right you know and you you have to you know then it becomes a job. Right, you have to go in. You have to play six hours of whatever the the club demands, you know. And that is something that we have never done, you know. In all our years, it's something you will not compromise on, because it's it stopped being fun, you know. The the, the reason why we start the the DJing was because it was a stress reliever. It's our, it's our, it's something that we look forward to every, at the end of the long week, you know. We yeah. want to just party, get, get DJIF DJ time. Yeah, exactly, and. Uh, yeah, even even used to have a, a firm for for it. Uh, thank God, thank God, I'm in love, <laughs> <laughs> which is on the Friday. Yeah, you know, because because right. we have because because of that the Kyo song right Friday I'm in love. So uh, okay. Friday I'm in love. Right. So everyone always says Friday I'm in love. That's know? funny. Yeah, and and yeah, and and that that and we I want to keep it that way. I think most of us the the tech guys me you know, we all want to keep it that way, because. And I think the the luckiest thing that we have, luckiest thing for us is that we have never ever had to uh, compromise in terms of our playlist, what kind of music. Yeah. You know, I think I think a lot of guys, even even all the big name DJs, some of them came up to us is like, man, really envy you what you guys doing because you get to play whatever fuck you want, and nobody questions it. Yeah. Because the people. But who 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 will question a a DJ play what the hell they want? Yeah, like your the crowd. Your crowd, yeah. you know, if you play in a big ass commercial club, you know. Yeah, even if you're a big fan, you're not immune to requests and things like that, you know. And sometimes you how have to, annoying is that for a DJ? Yeah, exactly. You know, so and we never have to. I mean, we 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 do get requests, but the requests are always most of the time are really like you know, it, it they are requests from our regulars. Ah, uh, okay, okay. <coughs> so it's actually things that make sense. You have to build that. They have to. They have to know the <laughs> flow and build the. They know the kind of music. You're not gonna come in like it's just like you don't go into a you don't go into a Chinese restaurant and ask for a steak, right? Right. Yeah. Same. 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 You know that, and that's exactly the thing that you know, just blows my mind. Even after all these years, people are some people are still so stupid and entitled. Uh-huh. They just fucking come up to you like, hey, can you play uh whatever? Can you can you play something that that, can, that I can dance to? I'm like, mm, <laughs> right. It's and not the music. It's just sense of rhythm. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, it's not. It, yeah, it's not. It's not the music. It's you, bro. Or or you know, it's you. It's you, girl. Because there's like all these people dancing, and you just one person having a miserable time, and just asking us to change the music because they are not having fun. Well, read the flyer, and if you're not happy, you can always go to another club. Exactly. So 
I mean, dancing I'm, is subjective anyway. Yeah, and and we're not being mean or whatever, but it's just that you know what, uh, this is what we do. If you don't like it, there's always another club or bar or whatever. You know, it's a, again. I s- saying the same. Maybe thing. if you don't like it, maybe <laughs> learn to appreciate it, and maybe you yeah, know, exactly. Give it a shot. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, again, the whole analogy analogy that I'm giving is mm-hmm. you go to a, you go to a Malay restaurant, you don't ask for bakute, right? Or you don't ask for wonton mee. It's the same shit, man. It's like you know, you go to a bar. If the cl- music policy is that, then mm. that's that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, all right, let's <laughs> talk about mm. your actual career. Ah, uh, okay. Is a is is my job? It's sort of like my what I like to do is, and what my passion sort of like blur into one, yeah. you know. So I mean, like growing up, I w- I'm always been into music, mm-hmm. you know. I'm basically your stereotypical, uh, you know, lonely loser kid who has no friends but uh, just hang out with losers who listens to who likes who just basically like you know into music, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. So you know. Fuck girls, you know. Uh, I got my music. Not literally, you know, but you know. Yeah, but you know that, that kind of that kind of uh, that kind of uh, that kind of uh, teenage uh, yeah teenage childhood angst like, kind of stuff. Going on. Not really, not no. so not so much angst. It's more like you know I got, I've got music. Don't really need much. That kind of thing. So like, basically, and that's not a bad thing, right? That's not a bad thing, and I think I'm pretty lucky because I found out really early, mm-hmm. really young, what my my calling is. I think so. My calling was basically like to just drown myself and you know just be obsessive about one thing, which is which was about music, you know. So it was just music twenty four seven. Everything I do. But you play any instruments? Uh that is one thing that <laughs> uh-huh. I tried. Uh, unfortunately, you know, found out that I'm not really that good at it. Okay. That's why I became a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> so it's already done for you. you just That's what they all up. say. You know, all field musicians became DJs. No, if you can't, if no, I don't think so. If you can't. Uh, you're more of a curator, <laughs> I'll, I'll say. No, I, I, I was, I was in bands. Yeah. I was, I was in bands, and uh, I was, I was involved in the so-called local underground scene. Right. What uh, instrument did you play when you were in bands? I was the singer. Uh, okay, <laughs> not bad. Oh, yeah. Fun uh, man. We're more like the screamer, right? Because it's like, hey, if you're in a punk rock band, you don't really need to learn the screen. Yeah. You just need to like, you know, have some attitude. Some and and so some, some guttural angst, run around, uh, yeah, exactly. jump around. Yeah. So. Yeah, some of my stuff is still out there in the internet. But so back to back to your actual career, career. I was in the independent record label. So from there, which label is that? Is this a local label called Pony Canyon? We're right. basically producing and managing local bands, like uh, bands like the the. If Pilgrims you guys don't know what that. Pony Canyon is, it's it's legendary to. It's a it's a Japanese chaps. it's a Japanese label uh, they, So they opened a sub lab, they opened a sub office here, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then. I got a job through Daryl, and we Daryl was the one who actually introduced me to this first job. And that time, at that point in time, that was like still about eight or nine years before Twilight Shingo. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. So okay. basically, got that, and just spent, and that job was basically yeah like eight or nine years in that job, the first job. Right. And what were you doing there? I was a production assistant, and then I became I rise to the level of the A and R manager. What is a production assistant? Basically, a shit kicker. I do everything. <laughs> I mean, like just I mean, everything, I think, uh, everything. All right. So I, I guess now people don't know the music industry, yeah, job careers. So, so help me out, production. So production you know assistant. I, I was I studied sound engineering and then I realized that, shit, a <laughs> uh, uh, sound engineering uh, apprentice only gets three hundred ringgit a month. Oh shit. Uh huh. So a production mm. assistant gets eight hundred. 
So oh, it's a bit level up to get that. So it was just like fuck. Man, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna work in the. Rec- I'm not gonna work in the studio. So I chose to work on the other side. Uh, instead, I work on in the record label. Right. So basically, and I learned a lot. Basically, anything from contracts to you know booking studio time to managing <laughs> managing difficult people. You know, not only artists but media. You know, uh, learning marketing, how to do guerrilla marketing. Uh, understanding how um, how, how distribution dis- works, and how distribution kind of works. Yeah, all the even all the you know even all the so called business how stuff. How you know? expensive studio time is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so basically, from uh, I just learned from A to Z. So I I rise through the ranks from mm-hmm. just a production assistant all the way to the A and R manager. Explain to us what A and R is. A and R basically stands for artist and repertoire. So basically, when you're A and R manager, your your job is to spot talent, sign uh, them, sign them, manage mm-hmm. them. And uh, put them on a career path. You know, so you're like a succeed. talent scout for talents. Yeah, like exactly. That, talents, yeah, yeah. A scout for talents, right? Yeah. So I was there, and then, but after a while, then I just realized there's only so much I can do on the indie label. So then I jumped to a major label. Did you sign anyone while during that? Yeah, uh, many, label? many, many people over the years. Yeah, all, all, all a lot of the local underground indie bands. Yeah. So I did did all that for many years. Uh, so like Pilgrims was one of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and. And back in the day, it was crazy. You know, you can, you can sell fifty thousand copies on an album. Yeah, that's crazy. Nowadays, that's <laughs> copies, okay, not downloads. Not downloads. Not download. People actually, you know, the, the, the people actually. We sound like a bunch of old men complaining about the young guys. No, and, no, uh, it's just a different world yeah. now. It's just the way. It's, it's it's harder to do what it's being done now back then because of just accessibility. It's just a very different world right now. You know, there's no like. There's no mi- there's no mystery to rock and roll anymore anyway. Everything is out on the internet, right? You know, the during the times of the Beatles and Nirvana, even Nirvana and all that, everything is just like you read about it through the media news. Oh man, do you hear the rumor that this 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 this? Not everything. No, everything is on the internet. There's no mystery. You know your. It takes five seconds to clarify something you're done. Exactly, and then you know you, you know exactly what your favorite uh, hip hop artist or rap star or whatever is doing, because you have hundred percent, almost un. Almost hundred uh, percent access to their private lives, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If they if they haven't already given it to you, you know, yeah. exactly. You know, so so all the, it's a very different world. Back in the day, people want privacy. The rock stars they want privacy. Nowadays, all the rock stars telling the whole world what they're doing. But that's what on sells. their Instagram. That's or, what sells, though. Yeah, it's like, like I said, it's a very different world the, from the way consumer you know uh, uh, listen to music. It's it's just a whole different world, and this you either go with it or you die with it, lah. You know. So basically, then I was I was in the record label, and then you moved to a major label. Yeah, moved which, major which label is that? Uh, Sony BMG did All that right. for a few years, and then big boys, and then okay. Napster happened. You know, <laughs> All right. Napster and downloads started happening. And I was like, oh, okay, time to get the fuck out. Oh, I <laughs> miss it's Napster. A, it's gonna be a dying industry. You know? Yeah. So to a certain extent, you know, I I was right, but. The music industry is still around. It it's is. Just, yeah. It's just in a way, very, very different from 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 what it used to be. So you know, then went into advertising. It's a different form of distribution. Yeah, it's a different say. sort of distribution and, and the way how people consume music or buy music. So you know, went to advertising, get some business skills, uh, from there. Uh, but I've always been always been involved in music, one way or another. So after uh, after you left yeah. the major record yeah. label. Yeah, so basically, and, and of course, and on the sides also, you know, and I've always been in, always interested in the arts, you know, not just uh, music, you know, whether it's uh, arts, whether it's, <coughs> whether it's a pop culture, you know, it's just who I am, it's, 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 it's what interests me, 
You know? It's cultivated over, over I guess, you know, it's, it's, it's your been, it's been like people that. you're with. Yeah, it's always been that since when my teen, my teenage. It was through music that I got into uh, art, yeah. got into uh, pop culture. Because, yeah. you know... Because music is often triggered by by arts. In by a way. arts. You, you will see it in a way, right? Something no, inspires you to and, write a piece. But if you talk to like any of the fashion designers, oh, all, the, all, the, all the important artists, they always say that everything is... Actually, everything comes from music. Yeah, but then again, if you look at it, it's a cycle. But with chicken and egg kind of thing, right? Chicken and egg, but, but if you talk to like, even if you talk to any of the top designers or whatever, Ralph Simmons or whatever, whoever it is, the main thing that they always come back to is always about music because music inspires a lifestyle, yeah. inspires fashion. You, look, you just look at how uh, music is, is tribal as well. You've got your punk rockers and they all dress in a certain way. That's the fashion already. You've got your metalheads and all of them dress a certain way. You know, you've got your goth, your goth kids, and they all dress a certain way. You've got your grunge kids, all dress like the hip hop guys. So know? that determines community, that determines tribe, that determines exactly. Outlook. And hip hop is the biggest thing, and you know, from the way they dress, the way the, the, the way, way they, they act, dress, the way they act. Wise. Yeah, even from the brand of uh, champagne that you drink, you know, there's name drop in the song. You know, if Jay Z name drop your your name, that's why Jay Z name drops his own product in the. Of course. You know, to sell his own shit, right? So. So basically, everything comes from music, fashion, art, because album cover and all that is all is all come from yeah, music. Definitely. Like you know, Joy Division, uh, Peter Saville, you know that that association came because of uh, music. So, so everything everything just moves super fast now. <laughs> um, but I would say that there's no um, there's no room for subcultures anymore you know because subcultures is it because there's not enough time to build a subculture exactly that's the thing because everything moves so fast you know so like uh, when when uh, there's this uh, very uh, influential Japanese dude mm-hmm. uh, Hiroshi Fujiwara so he's the guy who uh, he's like sort of like the godfather of streetwear right he's the first he's been credited as the first guy to bring hip hop into Japan and playing it in clubs and all that and and he said this one one thing which I totally agree with, which I had the same opinion as well. Mm-hmm. Subcultures nowadays don't exist because everything just get co opted and blow up before you even have time to adjust it. Is it isn't that a shame? It. Well, it's just the way it is, lah. You know, I won't say I won't say it's uh, I won't say that oh, back in the day we have this, 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 this. You know, but it's just how to compare, right? So basically, you're being just slapped in the face by there, there is wave of the but wave. there is different subcultures now. There's the subculture of the meme. There's the subcultures of the internet. You know, there's so many different subcultures right now, but which I probably you and me are not even aware of. What determines the subculture then? I mean, like, is it the size of it, or is it a branch off from the main culture? I think it's, I think the what. Determines the subculture is basically you know is there uh, it's it's identifiable you know by the by the kind of music the lifestyle the the way they look you know their philosophy their ethos you no know, those are the kind of things that make up a subculture yeah. like you look at skinhead subculture right oh, okay what is their ethos you know it was the it was originally when it first started it was actually against anti racism and then it got co opted by the by the Nazi punks you know and then it became like a like a more like a, a right right wing thing right you know. And then, uh, what about uh, yeah, reggae? You know, reggae, they have their own look and their own subculture, right? It's a whole totally... It's a vibe. It's a, it's, a, it's a spiritual... Yeah, it's a spiritual thing. It's about Rastafarian, you know, Rastafarianism. It's about smoking weed. <laughs> it's a lot of whole other different things. So those are the identifiers, right, for subculture. Same thing... But if you dig deeper, it's more than that, right? It's yeah, it's definitely beliefs, more than that. Yeah, it's it beliefs. And, and when you talk about design as well, there's also different subculture for designs, you know. There's... There's a lot of different styles, you know. 
Okay, we're branching out to more stuff that we can cover. Yeah. Back back to your career wise, right? So you yeah. finished off with A and R. You go to the yeah. Went to, to went, yeah. So went to advertising for a few years, and then, and then uh, so I like got back into the game. Um, working for uh brand consultancy, for about a year and a half. So consulting uh on lives, uh, basically consulting consulting with uh, on music, uh, culture, arts. You know, because uh, a few years ago, you know. Basically, brands started looking into this kind of uh, things to engage with their consumers. So, building building a subculture. No, yeah, exactly. Or actually helping a brand to engage with subcultures, right? So, well, they, they did that for a couple of years, and then uh, I was in Red Bull. Right. So, I want to say something, right? Yeah. If there's a company that I really want to work for, yeah. that's Red Bull. Red Bull. <laughs> Not doing so well nowadays, I heard. I mean, <laughs> I know, but I don't care. But ask my wife. Ripple to me, from an FMCG, from a from a drink company, yeah. became a media powerhouse. Yep, exactly. So, cause cause they basically realized that just being uh just being a product is not enough. They need to actually build an, an entire ecosystem around the product. And they want the ownership of whatever they put out. Exactly, there, exactly. And then and and basically let the product actually sits in the content and 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 sort of like be the hero. So subtle, subtle. Wise, yeah. it's the Red Bull culture. It's a yeah. Red Bull environment. Yeah, right? exactly. So I mean, uh, uh, then I joined Red Bull for uh, two years uh, as a culture, uh, culture, mar- uh, culture manager. So culture marketing, um, and and I think in in the, that time, a lot of people still like, oh, what the hell is the culture marketing do? It's, it's a very weak term, you know. You don't do it. no, I I basically market culture. Yeah, you know, because what you do, what you eat. What you listen to, what you engage in on a daily business—that's culture, you know. That's life. That's lifestyle and, and culture. So, in Red Bull, basically, it was two types of uh, marketing: sports marketing, which everybody gets. Oh yeah, sports marketing—you get involved in the uh, uh, extreme sports, you know. You get in, involved in the F one and all that. So yeah, that that is the type of marketing that everybody gets, right? Yeah. Because it's so literal and direct. Then there's culture marketing. Culture marketing is basically a, a bit more subtle, but. Again, what is culture? Music, arts. Yeah. All right. So uh, all the marketing yeah, so graduates. Th- th- exactly. So I mar- so essentially, it's actually the same thing. You're just marketing to different segments of the crowd, right? You're marketing to your sports. Obviously, is huge, you know. But then also, you have to your cultural for the 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 trendsetters, the early adopters, the so-called cool kids, the cool people. What do they do? They are involved in music, arts, and all that. And if you want to be a brand in today's climate, that you want to be seen as edgy, groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is the type of image that Red Bull wants to build, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so definitely pushing they, barriers, yeah, right? That, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that is where you need to get into, and for a lot of brands, that's what they try. They want to get into as well. You know? So who, who are? I mean, okay, if you look at Red Bull competitors, right? Guys like Rockstar, Monster, uh-huh. prevalent in, in in US, yeah, you know, doing that. And yeah. Red Bull was more of a uh, Scandinavian organi- uh, company. Yeah, that that really broke all barriers. Yeah, Red Bull it. is the first one to do it, and the thing is that if they they are they are the ones that go big or go home. Then the way they do they, the the Stratos uh, project of of uh, uh, Felix Baumgartner Felix Baumgartner jumping off from the edge of space, you know, I don't think any of the other competitors have the resources or the balls to actually go and do something like that. Exactly, and it's so it's so you know? it's so banal. It's like, hey, I, I want this guy to jump, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a few miles off the stratosphere. Yeah, down exactly. To Earth. So it's like, yeah. So so that project basically. You know, they even they really, they even really put it. They hired ex NASA people, you know, to put it all together and all. And I think, you know, t- to me that just basically 
shows how big the ambition is, uh, right? Exactly. So, so the other, it's the more than that. It's more than sky's the limit. It's like space. yeah, exactly. Some brands they all get into like you know, uh, uh, some brands they get into like you know they 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 like to use uh, sex right. appeal to sell and all that. But that's just like so. F- it's just it's so, so frivolous. It's so basic. It's so frivolous and it's so basically, you know. Yeah, you you you. you that's, is that what your brand stands for? You know, you know, having a bunch of uh, having a uh, having sexy girls uh, holding a product and showing off. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> not going to go great. very far. <laughs> that's great, but that's not going to go very far in terms of your brand story, right? Okay. So yeah. the culture culture marketing, right? Yeah. How so do you build a framework for that? How how was the build up for Malaysia? Uh, but so how we do it is basically every country is different, so they let the culture. Our manager and you were in charge for Malaysia. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah. hey, tell us about Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Tell us about how things ha- runs here, you know, and how the Red Bull story can fit into yeah into the the local climate. So, what were the top three cultures that you wanted to ingrain Red Bull into? You mean uh, like so? There's, there's music, obviously, right? Yeah, there's music. Uh, music is the main one. Uh, then there's uh this thing called Red Bull BC one, which is uh about b boy. Uh, it's it's not b boying it's break it's, it's breaking, a dance sorry. It's yeah breaking. yeah it's breaking yeah. yeah yeah it's 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 not called it's not break dancing it's breaking, so which is about b boy battles right and these guys they do crazy shit man, I've so seen yeah I've seen some of it is like really really crazy the really good good guys like you know so, one of our one of our local guys uh, Lego Sam he's. He's now so I think he's now ranked in the top fifty in the world. Right? Wow, yeah. interesting. In Southeast and, Asia, and in, so- in Southeast Asia, I think he's among the best. He's the best one, right? He's among the and best. It's not the best because of this platform. <laughs> yeah, so that we, allows him to go up there. Yeah, exactly. So because we 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 sponsored him, sent him for training overseas, uh, put him in a lot of competitions so that he can get better. Uh, you know, put him in put him in a position where he, he where he gets to where he gets to train with with. People, I mean, top top tier competitors. Yeah, to top see. tier competitors, and also no get inspiration from from there. And then there's a Red Bull Music Academy as well, which sadly is shutting down uh, this year. Oh, why? Now, it's just I think it's just a reorganization and priority. So a lot of things. That's why I say Red Bull. You know, kind of shame now what they're doing. That's okay. I mean, but I mean they're doing really I mean well. They did, in sports. they did as best as they can. No, but they did. Re- they are still doing really really well in sports. You know, and I still and I still and I still love love the company to death. For what they stand for, if I have a choice, if I can go back Red Bull, I will. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I might <laughs> but, edit that out. Uh, but they don't have that. <laughs> but they don't have that. Um, they don't have that department. Anymore. Start start applying for Red Bull Scandinavia. Yeah, uh, go for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and, and that two years in Red Bull, get to travel a ton, see the world, you know, and then Where, whereabouts did they send you around? Um, Austria, right? Vienna twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to uh, Japan, Taiwan, Hong Kong. Istanbul, yeah. So it's, yeah, it, it was a whole bunch of stuff, you know. And uh, when I when I left, if I left a bit later, I would have gone to Germany as well. <laughs> but but yeah, but basically, I know I I left because I had another opportunity, um, which is uh, where I'm currently at now. So you right now you're at right now I'm at Freeform. Okay. Uh, we do we organize urban skips, uh, one of the longest running creative arts festival in Malaysia. So it's been running now. Is, uh, this year will be its sixteenth uh, edition. Is it? Is it passed already? Uh, no, it's happening next month. Actually, I'm now uh-huh. stressing the fuck out. <laughs> so I think where where is it going to be? Is this going to be near Genting area? No, 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 no. no. Uh, the 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 format of the 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 format of the festival has changed in the last few years. You got you got satellite shows, right? Uh, not really no. satellite shows anymore. What we do is right now we are based right in the heart of uh, downtown KL. It's a city festival. 
and um, it basically is not centered around any one location. There's a few locations because we want to encourage people to really explore the heart of the city. Yeah, and, 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 and it's when scattered I say out time-wise, time it's scattered out throughout that uh, month. Yeah. Not really a month. It's a, last year, we had uh, 16 days. This okay. year, it's been shortened to nine days right. just because we want more focus. So it's going to be over nine days, two weekends uh, around uh, downtown KL, which is uh, Chinatown, uh, Medan Pasar area. Uh, and as well as the river, the river of life. You've got your Urbanscape's house. Yeah, we had we we had to, we had a a building called Two Hang Castery, but this year we are not using that building anymore. We decided we uh, work with uh, different venues. We have a Rex KL, a really a recently uh, renovated, renovated uh, cinema. That Rex KL was the one opposite the one and only White Castle in Malaysia. No, they they used to have a White Castle in uh, Sungai Wang as well. Serious? Yeah, uh, it's called KL Plaza. I need to know that White Castle opposite Rest KL. There is there there was one in uh there was one in uh KL Plaza nice. basement. Yeah, I used really? to go to that one. So you guys didn't know we had White Castle. Yeah, we had White Castle. We had White Castle back in the day. Shit ever. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, we had a lot of funny things, man, back in the day. Yeah. So yeah, so. Basically, it's spread out uh, over the, the the whole downtown area. So for for nine days, it's <laughs> would it be just focusing on the weekends or just uh, focusing more towards the weekdays as well? No, there's stuff happening on the weekdays as Every well. Every single day, there's, there's things happening. Yeah, there's things happening. I mean, there's a uh, public art installations which is going to be there throughout. There's going to be a uh, BMW Shorties award. Uh, sorry, BMW Shorties. They that's uh, still happening. Yeah, they're still around. They still is is their thirteen uh, year, and this year we're partnering up with them to turn uh, Rex KL into a, a screening. Uh, that's uh, Place for for the for films. So we'll be screening films from uh, Southeast Asia, uh, yeah. local films as well as uh, from the Shorties Awards. So uh, the okay. so the Shorties Award uh, event will run on the twenty third of November, and that's when they will uh, shortlist and play all the finalists from the from this year's uh, selection. Yeah, so that's one. Uh, we also uh, we also taking over the Go Down KL, right? Which used to be the old Boom Boom Room. Holy crap! Yeah, really? it's now it's okay. now been turned into an art space. Uh, so we're working we're working very closely with um the uh, Ministry of uh, Culture, Youth, and Community of Singapore. Yeah, so uh, Boom Boom Room was where Joanne Kam used to. Boom Boom Room was where Joanne Kam made her name. Her yep. name. Yeah, and it's the place where show. my sisters used to go and uh you know party. Go party. Yeah. So it was a uh, it was a uh, it was a uh, it was a uh, disuse for many years, and uh, recently the owner decided to renovate it and uh, turn it into a, a space for. Is it for still the, the same owner? It means this guy was holding on to it for so many years. Yeah, I think it was this family actually. Yeah. yeah okay. So they were holding on to it, and I think, and and I then and they built a new building uh, next to it, so, uh, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a creative slash arts uh, art space. Uh. So Urbanscapes over the course of nine days. When when does it start officially? It starts uh, from the sixteenth to twenty fourth November. November. Gee, yeah. I wish I knew the owner of Free From for this free plug that I'm giving him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can <laughs> tell him later on. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So basically, to all my five followers. <laughs> so yeah. So we're we're activating that, and we're also uh, doing a series of uh, music concerts shows at Sento Depot. So that. Where is that? Sento Depot in KL. Park. Oh, okay, okay. So that's where the paid shows will be at. Right. But ninety percent of our content is free to public, so most of what we want to do is is through the sponsors through the sponsors that we have. We want to really bring uh, culture and the arts to, to the masses, right? To masses as many people as possible well, because the accessibility is there. If they want to go for it, they can go for it. Yeah, and ex and and the thing is that I've always believed in uh, 
art should not be an elitist thing. Yeah. Anyone, anyone should be able to enjoy art in all its different forms. If even if you don't get it, and I should, and the f- the kind of art that we want to showcase is also, it's not the kind of art where you need to have a degree, yeah, <laughs> or yeah. study fine art, you know, to in order to able to really get a, a, a appreciation. So I, on, on the segue, I saw an Insta story you went for a interpretive dance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. So I it's like a. I it's, haven't it's seen that for a long time. It's, it's not. A, it's not really dance. an interpretive dance. It's more like a um, contemporary dance right. slash modern uh, contemporary. Yeah. So it, it, it basically it it's actually very interesting because they combine uh interactive projection mapping together with uh music as well. So it was like a it's a collaborative series by uh, a couple of uh, two dancers, and then there's this uh musician who play. He's actually from uh who plays a uh, classical Indian music. But it's not really in a uh, very classical Indian form. It's more with uh, contemporary electronics, you know. And then they have design. But there's yeah. a there's a taste of classical <laughs> Indian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he has, a, I think he has a classical Indian uh, training. music training. Yeah. So those are the kind of things that I really like to go and see and explore, you know. And the things that half of the time I don't even get it, or sometimes I think it's like what the. But you'll get it. I mean, I mean you don't have to get it. You have to experience exactly. it, and then later you digest it. Say, so, hey, you know what? The elements of this I really like. Elements of this which I think I can. Yeah, exactly. Maybe have a and, deeper and discussion for yeah, it. Yeah, and that's the and that's the good thing. You know, you you have a thing about it. You know, the what what we want to do is actually expose people to stuff that they have never seen before. Yeah. And if they like it, wow, great. They maybe then that will spur them to actually go on and you know, look for more, or this kind of thing. And hopefully they will pay for it. You know, they will they will, they will start supporting the local art scene. You know, they will they will start going to shows. They will start going to the theater. They will start going to music shows. You know, I think there's and, a, and, there's and, a, a and sense of cringiness when people go for this art stuff, right? But <laughs> yep. I think they don't take it with an open mind. Well, that's that's also fine. That's up to them, man. If they want to just go to a show just to be seen and to be cool, you know, okay, you know, that's more power to you. But you know, you, uh, maybe your you, that's not, but that's not the right or wrong reason to go to the arts. I mean, as long as you're there. But you know, don't be an ass uh, and stop <laughs> other people's <laughs> enjoyment. That shit for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, and also for all the public art installations, what we're trying to do so, um, we're trying to go beyond just you know having something. This is still with urbanscapes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Having something that looks nice for people to Instagram with, you know. I mean, nowadays, yeah, everything has to look pretty. You know, you have to take a photo and all that, you know. But I think it needs to be back. But up. naturally, I think naturally, if you build that, <laughs> I mean, you guys do a really good job in terms of building that eye and building that yeah. that visual. Uh, Pleasantry, yeah. But because also it's form factor, it it serves the function. Yeah, exactly. It has to have a narrative, you know. Whatever that whatever we do, we will always try to like you know form a narrative and have a have a have a story to tell. If mm. people just choose to you know look at the outer layer and take nice photos and all that, okay, that's fine. That's but fine. If, yeah. But if they get the narrative as well, then that's. Then we have done. Oh, maybe they resonate a bit more to narrative yeah, exactly. when they look at the yeah. picture again. Yeah. So what we th- so that's that's what uh, the, the the that's why the festival format has changed in the last few years. It has uh, changed from a two day uh, paid festival where you uh, where it was centered in a one location, whether it's Genting or KL Pack or whatever, into an open uh, CD festival. Because it's an experience. It's it's a it's a journey of sorts for the yeah, next yeah exactly nine days. and and it's 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 for it's to get people to really come back. To the real KL, I feel personally for me as well because I've grown up in that area. I used to go to school in that area. I used to hang out in that area. Wait, what school did you go to? Saint John's. Oh, so I was. Hey, shit! We're Saint Ampola Sal, then we are same brotherhood. <laughs> yeah, of sorts. Mission, yeah, missionary schools. <laughs> exactly. Not the okay, do I say not the position, but the yeah. schools. <laughs> but basically, yeah. But basically, I grew up around the area, so I know that area very, very well. But even after that, right, when I go back 
to that area a few years ago mm. to look at what we can do with it. Then I'm like, man, there's so much good shit, you know, that we didn't, we don't even really bother to explore. And that was just about the start to coincide the, with the Chinatown boom. Yeah, yeah. Right now Chinatown is booming, right, with all the bars and restaurants. Yeah, yeah, and all the speakeasies and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that, during that time, it was not, it was just the beginning. I think, I think uh, speakeasy was just starting. Um, and we were like, hey man, this, this area is full of possibility. There's a lot of stuff that we can do. There's you like know? 101 bars right yeah, now. And, and, down yeah, right and, the founder, and the founder of Festival, Adrian, also, you know, feels the same. You know, he, he wants, he wants, he wants. He's just an alcoholic. He can go whatever bar <laughs> he wants. No, you got to edit that out. <laughs> or he'll sue you for defamation. <laughs> so, but basically, yeah, but basically, okay, both of us agree that, you know, it should be done this way and in this area. And there's so much possibility. You know what? All the touristy area, leave that out. You know, that that's already covered, you know. But this this part of the area, this is really, this is the real deal. This does does it require <laughs> you, all this, all this, look, I mean, does it require you to have no uh, inherent to have inherent knowledge of OKL, not really, not necessarily. I think you, what what is required is actually a, a curiosity, a curiosity to find out more about what you what what the stories are. You know who the people are. You know, so that's what I did. You know, I went around. I really, I literally took my entire team. You know, forced them actually. You know, like, look, take a walk with me, see all these places. You know, feel it. You know, absorb the vibe absorb the energy and then and then come back and then we see okay what you guys saw what you guys see can we talk about it you know what and then talk about the engage with the people who are who are in that the, in the area so we engage with some of the local uh, communities there mm-hmm. so speak to them speak to some of the art collectives or people who have been doing stuff in Chinatown or in that area for a while you know not just because and not not I mean it doesn't mean <laughs> that you have to be new in Chinatown. You can be there for a long time, or you can be the person who just moved in, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It is, and the thing is that you know, when you do this kind of thing, you never ever assume that your own perspective or point of view is the right one. Yeah, exactly. You know, because that is just because that is just being self-indulgent, you know, and just putting your own perspective. So what we do, what what I did was, I really went around and talked to people to get uh-huh. different types of perspectives. And I think that's also something the really good working in Red Bull, because when we went there, it's like it's always like, hey, you got to do the groundwork, you got to do the research. You know, well, what are the facts and what what is your what are actual facts and what are your own personal bias? Okay, you gotta separate that shit out. You know, and when you do marketing in everything we do, when you do business, when you do marketing and all that, and it, it really you need to really sort that out. When I DJ, when I was in the music, so you, gotta, business, you gotta know your consumers. Yeah, you gotta know your consumers, or you gotta actually separate out what is your what 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 people actually want. Or what you think that is actually relevant to you that people who want Yeah, because you can be stuck in your own world thinking this is the right thing all the time, exactly. but at the end of the day, so no if, one's buying it. If I was if I was stuck in my own personal bias when I was working in the music label, I'll be signing only artists that I like. So what but what's the point in that if all the artists that I like only sell five hundred copies, five hundred you know, I want to bring people to the next Backstreet Boys or whatever, you know, and and, and and the thing is that hey, just because I don't like it doesn't mean that you can't bring joy to other people, you know? And that that's the music. I think that's what we're in, you know. I want to bring I want people to have a uh, we want people to actually have a memorable experience you know when they go to the festival it's like wow fuck man it's KL, experience. KL, KL is really quite cool you know if we only bother to look it is cool yeah it is cool you know it is cool you know and like I mean compared to a lot of European cities I think we're not like really far behind you know maybe maybe <laughs> maybe in the, maybe in the way we run things you know right. like you know like okay fine the buses doesn't run on time well you know, that's, that's, public that's trans- the fun of it public transport still is not uh, quite up the notch yet but you know but a lot of things that we have 
They don't have it, man. Yeah, they don't. They don't have the bus mini. They anymore. don't have multi. They, they they don't have multiculturalism. That's for one. Yes, exactly. You know, it's yeah. very homogeneous everywhere. You know, even though they sometimes say that, oh yeah, but not a lot of in in the Western world, you know, when they come here, they say, wow, it's like. It's really super crazy. multicultural. Super multicultural, all mashed up. You know, you can't. Sometimes you don't even know where's the beginning, where's the end. You know, and that's how we like it, right? As Malaysians. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and like you fucking eat a puri and talk to your <laughs> friend in, in Malay and in school each other in Cantonese and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we should try and preserve. You know, above politics and all that bullshit. You know, even despite what some politicians try to paint a picture on out there. You know, but you know what. This is this is the real asset. This is the real thing that we have. In exactly. Malaysia. And that's why. When we do our program, we as we try as programmers try to make it as multi multicultural as well, you know, not to focus on just one kind of scene, one kind of art, you know, and that's what we try to do every year. We just try to uh, uh, move things around, work with different kind of people, okay. different kind of uh, uh, art collectives, mm-hmm. because it's so different e- movements across yeah, the board. Yeah, sometimes it's so easy to be comfortable and just work with people you know. You know, but but then the thing is that where is the room for growth if you only work with people? Yeah, I think that's one thing about Rivers Games. You constantly <laughs> reinvent yourselves to to hit different markets to to have different depictions of what works. Yeah, as a and culture. also and also to keep ourselves, you know, to keep ourselves interested, you know, from being complacent. If we're just doing the same thing over and over again, right? Then what's the point? You know, there's no there's no there's no growth in that, you know. That then you get com- then you get comfortable. Then other people you know, started to doing the same thing, start to repeat, copy your thing, you know, and all that. Uh, and we 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 want to keep on moving. The we want to keep on moving, you know. You know, like okay, pe- people started copying us, or people started doing the same thing. All right, we move on. That's that's fair. I mean, they can do we that. We move on. We're gonna do other stuff. Yeah. And you guys are confident <laughs> in the next, you know, two, three, four, five years. You've got all these things planned out. Yeah, already. yeah. And and the thing is that I mean, if the I mean, you know what they say, right? Uh, uh, imitation is the sincerest yeah, form of flattery. Yeah, exactly. It's the best form of flattery. So, whatever you know. So yeah. people want to do what they want to do. You can't stop them. Yeah. Okay. No we're problem. not gonna we're not gonna call out the copiers, but you know, let's, <laughs> let's, let's call out there. some copiers, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, because this is the this is the podcast where we yeah. can call people out. <laughs> yeah. Then it'll be one episode <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna stop this for now. I think if we tack too long, it's gonna be a heck of a long episode. So. All in all, before we clock off, before we sign off, uh, have a look at what Bunga is doing. You can check him on his Instagram, Bunga Action Girl. That's B-U-N-G-A-C-T-I-O-N-G-I-R-L. Check out Bad Habits on Instagram as well, Bad Habits on Facebook. And have a look at Urbanscapes on his website. Now, Urbanscapes is happening from, from um, 16th to 24th November. You can go to urbanscapes.com.my, get your tickets early. You know, show up, be there, have fun, discover kale. Right? Check y'all later. Bye bye.